0: hello everyone and welcome back to hot girl histories i am here today with the person that without him hot girl histories would not be possible because i would not be here welcome to the podcast tomas taylor say Thomas hello taylor <laughs> say hello to the hot girls
1: Huh?
0: i said say hello to the hot girls hello
1: hello hello hot girls
0: <laughs> well thank you for coming on today um, why don't you tell us where we are right now all right
1: so we are in uh, Fraserboro, in the county of Aberdeenshire. Aberdeenshire. Sh- Aberdeenshire. Okay, <laughs> and we are here on a trip to the land of our ancestors, because uh, our ancestors, the first tailor, came to Poland uh, around sixteen seventy, and he was born in Fraserboro. So
0: we might have found his tomb today.
1: Well, not his tomb. Oh, his tomb was in (laughs) Poland. Ah,
0: okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. His tomb was in Poland.
0: Well, we found the Kristen Tomasz today. Kristen Tomasz. Kristen, right?
1: Kristen Taylor, but she sorry, Christian. Oh, Christian.
0: Chris Christian, but
1: that was a female name. So okay, so we wife, found a uh, girl box. out because if you read carefully, this gravestone that we found today. Yeah,
0: that took us a She lot. was
1: the wife of of Thomas Forrest.
0: Thomas Forrest. Thomas
1: Forrest. Thomas
0: Forrest. Keep mind you, we went to three different cemeteries, and we would just walk around, look at the dates, try and we couldn't find anything before like the nine seventeen fifties. Sometimes it would be like nineteen fifties. But today, after walking around for about... I would say, like, we walked around for an hour or two. Yeah. Um, we came upon it, not ourselves, but because we took a photo from a family member who had previously gone on this adventure in Fraserburgh. And once they sent us the photo, it was so easy as well because it it narrowed out all the other <laughs> gravestones because it was ones on the ground. Yeah. And it was easily identifiable. So, yeah, I don't know. It took us a while. And then we went to the beach... We have a gastronomic, our first gastronomic uh, recommendation on the podcast for the place called The Captain's Table. It is one of, what, the three restaurants in this town?
1: but definitely the best.
0: 100% the best. It is five stars on TripAdvisor. It's run by a nice family. Everyone there is super friendly, gave us lots of recommendations. And food, delicious. It was delicious. Best fish ever. Yeah. Also, because, you know the fish come straight from just down the road, really <laughs> right the ocean yeah, so our our family members were definitely they fishermen, or we definitely have a connection to water, because also thought that we are both water, yeah, I know, but I don't i how we know fishermen <laughs> well, why else would they be here?
1: well, like Mr. Fraser.
0: Well, he was running the town. That yeah.
1: They were running places. Or I, I said, know. or
0: my hypothesis was that we were tailors. Like we were making clothes for fishermen. What? <laughs> we made clothes for fishermen because we're tailors.
1: Could be. It
0: could yeah, why be. Why not? Why not? Oh, we're also, this is a little thing, we're also both water signs. We are both Pisces. Of course. No, no, but that's so another story. That's we another story. Ocean,
1: so it's not like the general. Maybe.
0: Who, Maybe, you know who what knows. everything is connected who knows yeah. okay so before today we're going to be talking about woman physicists because you are a physicist funny enough and the episode title i haven't even told you the episode title the episode title is going to be woman in cern woman physicist because there's this whole thing about like woman in stem have you heard of it
1: uh, STEM, yes, I know. So, science, technology. Yes, but
0: yes, But there's science. a whole thing being like woman in STEM. So it's like a take on it, woman in CERN. So it's going to be the, like... Woman
1: in what?
0: CERN. Where
1: are you... Where CERN? Are you, yeah. <laughs> but it's not like these that, that we are supposed to talk about, some of who is not at CERN. Yeah,
0: but it's like a joke. Okay. Oh, I see. Anyway, that. so why don't you tell us about yourself first to start off. So how did you become a physicist? Where did you grow up? Are you from Fraserboro? Because... <laughs> How did you tell
1: us about yourself? I was born in Poznan. Yes. In uh, 1954.
0: A long time ago. A long time ago. Yes.
1: And so I went. It was when the uh, Poland was uh, controlled by Soviet Union. Yes. And so, but you know, I was a kid and I just grew up, grew and went to school. and. Uh, yeah elementary i got interested in science or at an elementary school because it was lots of it was really stressed that kids kids got really good education in science i mm-hmm. remember having chemistry lab <laughs> in second grade
0: okay mm, that wouldn't be elementary allowed. Wouldn't be allowed, oh yeah and it?
1: then of course the most uh, spectacular you know <laughs> the most so called demonstrations, yes, where you could jump something would blow up or whatever <laughs> it was, you know, it was just uh, yeah. Yeah. So I got to the first in chemistry and then I then later uh, mathematics and finally physics. I went to college to Warsaw University when I got it took me five years.
0: Yeah. Similarly, hopefully. Yeah, oh, I took my undergrad yeah, you know,
1: undergrad degree and then I started my graduate studies. But essentially I was like a TA. It was not I was not in a I was just doing my own I didn't have any courses, extra courses. So you were just
0: doing the PhD like only working. Yeah, I was cases? doing my
1: research. I joined the Central Research Group. Okay. Okay. And my.
0: And it took you only three years. It took to
1: me only three years, and it was like type of a, like a challenge. Everybody wanted to do it as fast as possible. Okay.
0: What was your thesis like? Do you still look back on your? Yeah, your I have my th- thesis. Yeah, how do you feel about it now? Four. It's not bad, years It's a later? good thesis. Really? Yeah. Oh know. Yeah. Yeah. What did you? Maybe because the thing is the problem with this episode we have to balance between me people like me who don't understand science and people who maybe do understand science so why don't you tell us what your thesis was in terms that maybe people more advanced than me can understand but then simplify it for me
1: (laughs) okay so it was uh, a thesis it's particle physics and there is yeah it's particle physics exactly so it describes some you know Processes in which uh, elementary particles collide and uh, they produce new particles and uh, things like that. But the, it's uh, the whole mathem- mathematical. The purpose of physics is actually to describe laws of nature in math- language of mathematics. Yes, and uh, <laughs> this, like, the the way to do it is. Uh, A branch of physics which is called quantum field theory. Mm. It's nice. I like the word quantum fields. Quantum (laughs) field theory. Okay. So in that theory, I did uh, essentially my 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 PhD was doing some computations which were already the problem was already set by my you know advisor and I was doing really very, very tough computations. And
0: you did, like you figured it
1: out? Yeah, well I have to learn how to do it and then I was doing it. And then, you know, putting everything together and uh, and it was about uh, essentially describing, uh, well, it was related to what was happening, uh, what is happening at CERN when particles collide yeah. and then they smash against each other. And uh, they produce many, many other particles, and so on. So it's, the, the, the idea is to understand, the, to give mat- rigorous mathematical description of such physical processes. Rig- wow, rigorous
0: mathematical description. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you tell us, so when do you, because obviously we're not in Poland right now, I did not grow up in Poland. When did you leave Poland? Why? And then what did you, like, so your career we've established that you're a physicist, you're a theoretical Particle
1: physicists? They're theoretical, yes,
0: exactly. But is theoretical so, but, only particle? Like, if you say I'm a theoretical physicist, so
1: could the you also. physics work? there is uh, now, uh, already for one the time, there are particle there are, uh, physicists in general.
0: Yeah.
1: There are theoretical physicists and, and experimental physicists. I know
0: that. Okay, okay
1: good. Okay. And mm-hmm. then, uh, like, in uh, elementary particle physics, you have a theoretical physicists and you have. Uh, Experimental physicists, who are those who work at CERN, really close to experiments, are experimental physicists.
0: But you worked at CERN.
1: Yeah, but it was <laughs> it, it's yeah I know. It's just that <laughs> it's even crazy. there, at CERN, when this all experiments were running, there were always people working on things which were not really very closely related. They were like uh, thinking or at the beyond okay. what was. What was uh, beyond what the experiments that were
0: yes, running but okay, at the time? Okay, now I have another physics question. So I know you've always told me that you work on very small, like very very small things. Yeah. Are there theoretical physicists who work on the big things like yeah. galaxies and yeah, yeah, yeah. gossip? No,
1: that's called and cosmology, of course. Okay. Okay. And then one of those, and then they tell you today.
0: Yeah, great. Then we are
1: supposed to talk. <laughs> we have uh, we have uh, those women who are on these two spec, on these two extremes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, lovely. Uh, but no, we can't go into that yet. You have to tell us about how you left Poland. Or oh, have pollen?
1: Pollen. oh yeah, oh yeah, okay, well uh-huh. I love Poland. Okay. So, so my PhD was quite good. Yeah. And it was actually based on, on the research which was actually interest in which, you know, many other people work in Western Europe. So when I, I applied, I just didn't know, I just applied for postdocs and got offers. From what? For postdocs. I got offer from San. Okay. I got offered from, I think I... From Caltech for sure, from Fermilab where yeah. I you know when I went later, and uh, I believe also that I, I remember that I, I think I got the offer from Princeton. So
0: you got a lot. You got a lot. I got of a lot of offers. offers. That was
1: very. That was, I don't know because uh, part of it must have been the high you know the, the really it was good stuff what I was doing, mm-hmm. but part of the thing there was lots of like uh, understanding there was lots of interest because it was yeah. Solidarnosc when Solidarnosc was uh, the eyes were on Poland because. Okay. The, when I was completing my my, my 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 PhD, it was essentially end of the world. Mm-hmm. It was it was end of the of that world that we know. Mm-hmm. The the so it was the Solidarność world uh, taking over, and the, the question is well, what 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 would happen next? It was whether the Soviet Union was invading Poland mm-hmm. or, uh, and uh, yeah, I I simply didn't know. But but. Sort of. I was in the middle of that, but I was not involved in politics. I was doing my stuff. I was doing physics. But, was your, a phys- friends were, huh? but your
0: friends were involved. or. Yeah,
1: my friends were involved, but somehow it was never... Uh, yeah, my friends were involved... But more those friends that we that you I think I we have another continue. podcast yes in like so on. actually
0: I will interrupt there will be another podcast that will exclu- yeah. exclusively talk about women of Solidarność and some of those women were my dad's friends yeah. so yeah, from yeah. that time
1: yeah so but that time it was not the mostly like that, that that is more about the period of martial law that yeah. was before martial law so I left in eight so I got what in eighty one I went in September. But so then I, martial
0: law happens in December. December,
1: right? December. So, so exactly. So then, when I, martial law happens, I'm already in Geneva because I accepted offer from CERN. And in the meantime, people in, at Fermilab near uh-huh. Chicago, this atmosphere, they liked, they were so much uh, interested in having me as a postdoc mm-hmm. that they. they uh, told me that they would wait. So they waited oh, actually. Wow. They, that like, would
0: never happen
1: today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> never ever happen today.
1: So no. Anyway, so, so I had all the other job lined up. So I have two years. I have one year at CEN, yeah, And then I went to, to, and then it was lined up. And in the meantime, there was martial law. And, and in
0: the meantime, meantime of course,
1: I had a child <laughs> and, uh, and lots of things, uh, yeah, not you, yes, exactly so yeah so it was uh yeah it was but uh, i always repeat that that uh, i left poland i left poland to do physics uh, uh, somewhere else and my career path is very similar to any other uh, you know people who at the end end up in america
0: yeah percent. Yeah.
1: okay yeah
0: i remember when i was doing my research on polish immigrants i was telling you that you fit the category of like a common Polish uh immigrant in a special category of intellectuals because there was this wave of intellectuals leaving Poland. Um, yeah,
1: but I don't know if to Chicago because Chicago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> if okay. you
1: have been to jackowo the Polish that's in Chicago? It's not. I would say it's not too intellectual. Yeah. Okay. Place, okay?
0: <laughs> but there were. But you were part of this wave of like. Yeah, it was um, the wave of Polish
1: intellectuals. Leaving. Highly qualified, qualified professionals yeah. were leaving uh, because, uh, you know, many reasons, uh, you know. Oh, you so know, just to,
0: for more opportunities. More or,
1: opportunities, yes.
0: Like, remember, I was speaking to you, a lot of people who left Poland as well, who were qualified, not necessarily in physics or like in academia, but say doctors or lawyers, oh, yeah. had to leave and then got very, like, I don't know unskilled quote-unquote jobs in yes. america i
1: know because,
0: because I they a... made more money there than yeah. if they were
1: a doctor there yeah, was uh, like a friend a woman who mm-hmm. was uh, in my uh, who i knew very well and uh, she left poland uh, she was a doctor and then to to start practice in paris mm-hmm. it took her i don't know like six seven years yeah, essentially yeah so it was not in medicine, it was it was especially medicine was very tough. I don't know what lawyers could do. Yes, because it can. Yeah, you can't years. learn.
0: You can't do yeah, the law. Yeah, of another country. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and those are huge other things. But I think you now you live in Hull, Massachusetts,
1: on, on the, the water, ocean. on the, the ocean, Atlantic.
0: which is a theme for us. And so you're, I guess you're like you're very much a success story of immigration, right? Like I don't know. Mm, yeah. Got a good job, had a family a few families okay. can see your uh, wikipedia you clearly did some good stuff in your field Which my friends who study physics always are like oh your dad's wikipedia and i'm like okay i don't understand any of it but great okay so uh with your career what are some projects you're working on right now because you have a big project coming up
1: i'm working on an exciting new field
0: yeah
1: which is called Celestial holography. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. So it's again. Oh yeah. Okay. It's one of its uh, a theoretical physics, which tries to bridge the gap between elementary particles and those, as you mentioned before, the forces of gravity, which rule oh, the world okay. at larger distances. But we, but we don't know much about them at at this at this microscopic level. We know, you know. Inverse looks like, but but still, the 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 the, the how to reconcile gravity with quantum field theory, let's say I mentioned before,
0: mm.
1: is uh, it's not clear. So See? that is that is one of those uh, directions, you know, in, in modern mathematical theoretical physics. Okay, and in addition, I'm now starting a project in uh, Poland. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I will be there on and off for uh, three years
0: didn't you uh, say it was like 40 months or like what 40, 40 months which 40. is like the most random amount
1: of months no random amount because it's 40 <laughs> by, by, by 2 is 20 so I'll be there like 20 <laughs> months of the 4th month mostly summertime and sabbatical leaves and yeah I'm very excited about it because I will be organizing a group, research group, and organizing uh, conferences and inviting people and uh, introducing uh, young people into this new research area. Yeah. Very
0: exciting. Anything else? What about with Stefan or Angelos or Ignatios?
1: No, the, they, will be, they will be coming. They will be there really? also part of the project because they'll be coming. My usual collaborators will be coming.
0: The usual characters, the usual
1: characters that you know very well, I know. <laughs> with all that, all <laughs> these strange, strange stories.
0: Physicists are quite funny, I would say. Um, also, I think it's interesting when I tell people that. People ask me, "Your dad's a physicist. What does he do?" And I was talking with someone about this who studies chemistry. like so what does your dad do who's a theoretical physicist and I was like he sits at his desk with a note like with pieces of paper and he writes equations that I don't understand and then he types them up and I don't know what else happens and um I remember like this is a funny because now we're in a hotel room so I remember funny stories of growing up I remember we when we would stay like go to skiing or something you would like write physics stuff on sticky notes Sometimes On where? On what? On like Like you know how sometimes Hotels will have notepads Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You will write it on like notepads And i would just find them I'm Like oh Don't know what this means So it's these funny things Because I think um, Especially with thinking And with like Intellectualism I feel like I really learned from you About just sitting down And thinking Because that's all you, it, Like I grew up in such a silent household In a way because like house. well in not in a bad way but during the day it's only me and then you come home do my homework and you're doing your equations in your room silently yeah so and also one thing well I wanted to speak about so when I was doing my research every single one of these women that we're going to talk about their dad pushed for their education
1: really?
0: yes every single one their dad was the one driving them to go either paying for their school opening a school or encouraging them uh-huh. so I thought that was interesting because I think even nowadays as well with academics especially it's very important or not very important but it's very common that families are the ones who make you believe that academia or like research is possible do you get what I mean yeah
1: I understand we talk about yeah we've times.
0: yes In well I know but I'm talking about it to the people now yeah, I know yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have to repeat no, but
1: I mean that the, I, I for example when I think about uh, like really there are People, first generation, which including my very good friend Maciek, yes, yeah. who you know very well. Yeah. It's a first generation, and of uh, to academic. go to uh, an academic and so on, and to break in. It's you know to go through this, figure out what is uh, how to go, and then to go to graduate school and so on, and yeah. what happens. You know, I told you that my way of of talking about it. Okay, good. You go to grad school. You should go to grad school because five years and you know okay. you have a good think. life and yeah. stuff. Okay, but I don't think that many, you know, parents would
0: encourage, well, pa- yeah, encourage,
1: encourage and you know, yeah. Yeah.
0: Because
1: many people are concerned about finding a job and so on immediately. Yeah, which
0: makes sense. Okay, now I just have funny questions for you. Okay, before we get into it, so firstly, let me check the. Okay, first one is let's go back to when I'm 10 years old. Let's think. Claire Taylor, 10 years old. What did you see me becoming and how does it compare to where we are now, sitting in a hotel and recording a podcast? Whoa. (laughs) It's a good one. No,
1: it's a good one, but it is somehow, it will be, it will be, it's interesting that I never like sort of like put you, designed you in some way or had a pre- like uh, aspirations, and so on. I think I simply enjoyed having you. <laughs> and I don't think that I was think, thinking much whether you want to be a firewoman, or <laughs> or, 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 uh, or a theoretical physicist, I don't know. I was, I was just you were a fun kid. But and I didn't, I don't think that, uh, yeah, I never had, uh, I never set any like goals for you yeah. in some way in advance, and so that's I am uh, now very very, uh, yeah. I of course I'm very happy, but on the other <laughs> hand I look at you and uh, see you like every, you know every time I see you every year whatever I see you like growing and uh, going and doing things which I like and uh, and I find them very interesting. So yeah.
0: Okay, no. <laughs> but, did the, but did the athena the athena halloween costume ever make you think so in other
1: words you you got you got you found things which we used to do
0: yeah
1: things which were uh like uh yeah exactly so and th- what was great that you enjoyed them yeah and that you 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 took this far like exactly athena like what was what was it for? Athena, it a...
0: I think it was just for Halloween. I decided Halloween, to go yeah. as Athena for one year. We made this awesome costume. We like spray painted cardboard. Spray painted gold, spray painted we made cardboard. my helmet. Yeah,
1: and a sprayed It was yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. And then a school exhibition when I made you when you made Jupiter.
0: Yes, but that was not. Yeah, huh? that's not history. Yeah, we made Jupiter. We had a fun project. The moon project.
1: Yeah, no. So it was. Uh, this, everything was about them
0: uh, Oh, Magellan.
1: Magellan <laughs> what, what, Mag- uh, what what was about Magellan? What what was about Magellan? But it's an interesting story because what did you do what, what was it?
0: It was something to do with um, oh it was remember how there was the whole thing like I made a book or something and then it was like that I found the F- Philippines and then it was like how I dealt with the people in the Philippines or something. You found or also something about the world being round?
1: Yeah, no, but the point was that actually what was funny about, like, I don't remember what was exactly the Magellan exact project, but I remember that I found a book about Magellan, which abs- absolutely, I found fascinating oh, book. Okay. So I read, then started, so we started on Magellan, and I read I the history, it. and then I realized actually that he never made it around the world. Yeah, It was just one or two people who from, his, from his, this expedition. Who yeah,
0: because who survived. Who right.
1: survived, Yes.
0: I remember holding a green ball and being like, this is the world or something. But But I think Mama would have a different answer because I, this is true, Mama used to bring me to like Sturbridge Village, Plymouth Plantation, so I wonder if she would have a different answer. But yeah, it's funny. Okay, nice. Um, And then, what's your favorite memory of us together? And I think I know the answer.
1: There's so many.
0: I know, but I think there's a big one. I thought you would, like, are you in Poland? I thought that's always the one you say.
1: Oh no, the year when we spent together in yeah, Poland, yeah. I mean, that was, it's just a memory. I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't call it a mem- memory. You say that, oh yeah, we came to praise or, <laughs> or we went to so many, but <laughs> or yeah, like we lines to, like, uh, we go to Paris and we go to Notre Dame, and you say that Mariacki Kościół is yeah. much better, mm-hmm. and this type of thing. That we and traveled, we though, or better, the trip yeah. of our trip. Of all, I think, the most interesting tribute went to St. Petersburg. Yeah, I agree. And I remember, like, watching for the first time opera, and uh, it was Samson and Delilah, whatever, and the temple was falling over. I said, whoa, because it was done in a Russian (laughs) big way. Okay, No, no, so lots of little memories. But the memory of that year, where we were in Poland, is a major thing. It was, like, really, it formed you, and it was, uh, in some way, yeah, it was, for me, it was, again, it's as trans- transformative in some way as it was for you.
0: Okay, last one. That's a funny one. Um, you don't have to answer it. What's my worst quality?
1: <laughs> your worst quality? <laughs> you kick under the table. Yeah. I okay, that's so annoying. <laughs> I know, you sit with your I always do huh? this.
0: I, I anxiously, it's an anxious thing. I kick. I just move
1: my leg. And sometimes, uh, I, <laughs> I don't know why, you don't listen.
0: <laughs> but that's from you
1: as well. Well, I'm a little bit more attentive, I think. But sometimes you just uh, you talk and then you know, uh, yeah, you just. You <laughs> I don't know
0: I, think I, I thought stubbornness would be one of the yeah, Stubbornness, up. yeah, no, but uh,
1: you're yeah, not so bad though. Thank
0: you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. I just thought that would be fun. Glad you didn't say sweets or alcohol. I thought you were gonna.
1: Okay, that's another story.
0: Okay, so now we can transition into the real stuff. So, befo- we're gonna talk today about three physicists. Do you wanna say their names properly so that I don't mess them up?
1: Exactly, uh, I'm not sure what I say properly. <laughs> but okay. you know at least
0: how to pronounce a German name. Like the. Uh,
1: Lise Meitner, Yeah. for sure. And then uh, uh, Mara, uh, Vera Rubin. And yeah. the third one was. Uh, I will use uh, the name, uh, Chinese name, for first names are very hard to, except yeah. for my students, Ben. Yeah. Okay, this was easy. <laughs> I thought, CSW. Yeah, CSW. That's what yeah. you know. Okay,
0: yeah. we can refer to her as that. So those are the three we're going to look at today. You're right that I think Ruben is the big like, the physics of big stuff and the rest of the physics of small things, right? Exactly, and
1: she was one of really.
0: Yes, we're gonna, don't worry, like, we will get into it. But I wanted to ask you before we start, because now you've been in the field of physics for 40 years, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and how have you seen, like, gender within physics change? Like, either, like, obstacles for women versus for men how have they changed over time physics departments i think even today most people will say most physics departments are dominated by men yeah but... and how has it changed over the years and just what do you think about this like issue and like the women that we're going to talk about today starting off their careers in the early 1900s faced a lot of like systematic oppression meaning like not being able to go to university or something because of their gender i don't it's obviously not like that today but what do you think
1: about the challenges the women have faced in physics over time? Well, I mean, it, it is a constantly... It's more and more women, simply to say. Yes. Yeah. And, and uh, there were, like, for example, even in Warsaw, uh, the, at the university, there were women physicists. I Remember, f- f- there were, like, uh, assistant professors or professors were women
0: you're in, in, in Warsaw, you?
1: When I was a postdoc at CERN, there were, uh, uh, there were some, there were a few. Actually, my friend uh, Mary Kay Gayar, we know not yeah. yeah, but it will be one on those lists we could talk no. at some other time. The one that you make at Berkeley. I met her. Yeah. She wrote a book about uh, the, the title of the book is Singular and Feminine Profe- Pro- Profession, mm. About Experience at CERN.
0: She wow, as a
1: woman, yeah. as a woman, uh, you should look into that. It's yeah, very interesting. It it's very interesting, and uh, so she was one of very few uh, at that level. I mean, at the, there were I, at that time. I think there were no, there were no like a top level,
0: yeah.
1: And I think she was again. She was. Uh, uh, I think that she was not promoted to that to that top level position. Then, but uh, she, then she without then you know she was. She's an excellent physicist. She she went to Berkeley, which was one. I think she was the first tenured professor of physics like in Berkeley.
0: Professor? At,
1: at the UC Berkeley, yeah.
0: Wow, that's
1: a big deal. Yeah. Uh. yeah. So yeah, so what I'm saying, there were women around, but mm. there were fewer of them, and it's but a it few of few of them. But it was, I think, it was gradually improving. Okay. I would say it was gradually improving, and uh, there were there were you know. Yeah, even, you know, I interacted with women in uh, Mary Kay. Yes, I work with Mary Kay. Mm-hmm. In my research area, there are, there are women. But
0: well, I was going to say, the physicists. biggest example, the reason I thought of this question is because you're currently working with a very famous, like, young woman physicist, Sabrina, uh, yeah.
1: right? Yeah, oh, we, we are not yet working. yet yeah, we are collaborating and talking and so on. Yeah. Yes, but that's true. That, is, that that thing already happened with the last, like, 10 years mm-hmm. because... Uh, it was sort of happening, but I didn't see how much, what was happening. Yeah. Actually, that happened. My colleague, and oh, yeah. Andy he has a group in which uh, he has, uh, I would say, almost half of his uh, graduate students are women. Yeah,
0: which is a big uh, And
1: it's not that he picked, you know, he just, ac- they accept, and then he just takes the women, and then accept. they graduate, and they go, f- they are very successful, mm-hmm. and Sabrina is one of them. and She, she went to,
0: oh, she was one of Andy's Annie's, Annie's students.
1: Uh, yeah, Sabrina was an student Wow, okay. Yeah. A while ago though now, right? Uh,
0: yeah,
1: I think it was like, yeah, yeah. it was like a, she graduated like six years ago, okay. I think, or something like that. Okay, I don't know. And then, uh, and then, uh, uh, and then, uh, yeah, and now his uh, female students got jobs, you know, one of them got a faculty job at, at New York University, there's uh, others uh, as well so so it's it's a it's a sort of uh, that place harvard now the his group looks very different from it it's not a typical place yeah it's very different because it's and, it's, and i don't know and, and it makes i find it a very enjoyable atmosphere mm-hmm. i mean just interacting with both guys and women you have yeah
0: because you go there you can clarify because i think most people will not understand how like a physics group would work. So what do you do? You sit down? And you sit
1: down papers. on the, this is type of like seminars, like seminar groups, which you also have in yeah, history, yeah, when people talk and discuss, and then then discuss. Sometimes they work, well, they start a research project. Usually it is, it's sort of coordinated by the advisor, like yeah. head of the group. And then, and then, so he set up on projects and so on, but then also they interact with each other and they do independent projects, students on their own. But it is uh, that on the uh, like, During one week, you have like two or three, like a group meetings, in which somebody presents his work. I think it's the same thing in humanities, yes? Sort of,
0: yeah. I mean, I don't know at a PhD level, obviously. I think it's similar at a PhD level. In undergrad, you don't present your own work as much,
1: because... Well, no, you often talk about other people's work. They report on other other results and so on, so it is, it's, it's, uh, uh, yeah. So yeah but when I'm saying it is you see uh, you see a global apart from for that niche for from Harvard you have uh, many you have you know many prominent many prominent women physicists yes yeah well no
0: great okay so the way that I've arranged this is that I will go into some of the background and then there's stuff that comes up that I simply don't understand so I'm gonna have you take over there And then, if you want to bud in anything, but I'll try and prompt you about some stuff as well, just, like, say something. Okay. Okay, Okay, so the first one is...
1: Lisa Meitner.
0: (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah, that's German. Lisa Meitner. Okay, Mm -hmm. so she's born... Okay, this is a big mess. She's either born on the 7th or 17th of November 1878. The Wikipedia says that... The Vienna Jewish Community Birth Register has her as the 17th, but she goes by the 7th of November, and everywhere else goes by. She went, because she... Well, like, I don't know, her family, so I don't know what happened there. So she's an Austrian-Swedish physicist, and she was the first woman to become a full professor of physics in Germany. Oh, yeah. Ever, yeah. So a full professor. She was the third of eight children um, born to Hedwig and Philip, um, her father was one of the first Jewish lawyers admitted to practice in Austria, which was a big deal as well, um, and she, now we're just jumping to, like, her, the end of her life, she retires in Cambridge, England, in 1960, and in 1992, this is just an overview, element 109, the heaviest known element in the universe, was named mitnerium, Mt in her honor. Do you know about this? No. Really? <laughs> okay. Element 109?
1: Well, in 109, because you have 109, you know, you can, you know elements What are like oxygen,
0: Is it H2O?
1: No, this is not the <laughs> element. It's molecule. <laughs> uh, H is for hydrogen, O is for oxygen. There are two Yes, but then, atoms what do you mean? What's are,
0: element one?
1: Element one is Hydrogen.
0: And what's element too? Should we go through all
1: of them? Helium, whatever. Let I me mean, look up. You what got, it's called the, the periodic table or Mendeleev.
0: But I thought
1: It's chemistry and called periodic table. You have all elements and you have like a rows and columns. Yes, I know and what so the
0: periodic table is, but what? that's it. What? <laughs> is it on the periodic table?
1: Uh, not those that you can, uh, his uh, Meitner, the. the Meitnerium. I don't think so because they stop at, I don't know actually where they stop. I the traditional either. one, they don't put, because these were more heavier, they really decay very quick. They're not like stable. It's not like a piece of iron that you can keep in your hand. Oh, I
0: see. Okay, okay. or whatever. I completely forgot about chemistry. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, the isotopes and so on, so these elements are sort of, uh, very often they fall apart very quickly, okay, so, yeah.
0: This is a fun story, actually. So, first of all, I had to take, obviously, like anyone else in the American public school system, I had to take physics and I had to take chemistry. I took chemistry in my second year's, year of high school, sophomore year, 10th grade. I took it in Poland and I decided to take higher level chemistry, yes. And I switched. In Gingham or in Poland? No, in Poland. I took IB. Okay, everyone. Yeah. I took IB HL Chemistry. Anyone who knows IB knows chem. Like IB is hard. So I started. I switched to SL because I was. I at first I thought the first unit. I was like, oh, this is easy. H two O. You add up. You know how you add stuff in chemistry, like you add the elements. I was like, oh, I can do that. Then after that, I couldn't figure it out. I was like, okay, no, no, no. And I remember I got out of doing some assignments, because I was like, I'm a year younger, and I got out of stuff, which was great. But then I came back to Hingen, in my junior year, I took physics, and at first, same issue, same issue. At first, the questions about, like, velocity, can you figure out the velocity of this, the ball, like gets it's thrown, yes physics. the ball gets yeah. thrown at fifty miles per hour. Yeah. how far does it go? easy, I could figure that out simple math then optics I also think I understood a bit, mm-hmm. but the rest I completely couldn't understand physics was
1: the teacher was a little bit over <laughs> was a little bit too ambitious, I would say,
0: yeah,
1: he set up you i i, I Yeah, the funny story that I was uh, complaining to. Normally, parents complain that uh, that uh, what do they say that? uh, It's true. Yeah, well, it was now the strange thing. That as a physicist, I complained to physics teacher that he was doing too too hard on you, too hard not on you in general, on the material, the The quizzes. Where I told him that (laughs) that very few of my freshmen at Northeastern would solve (laughs) your quizzes. Okay so them, it was challenging so uh, i don't know what I, remember to say. I
0: would come home and i would be like can you please help me and then he would be like he would try and help me and then you would be like this is too hard for <laughs> yeah anyway that's not really related to meitner but that was just funny i forgot to talk about that okay so she is known as the most significant woman scientist so woman scientist of the 20th century and Albert Einstein called her the German no, Marie one Curie.
1: Off. One of, I wouldn't say so. Like, yes, but call- some,
0: it says many consider.
1: Well, I think that they would say, uh, it depends how you count, because uh, I think that Maria Cur- Curie-Skodowska is... Uh, yes,
0: obviously, no one's saying she's Marie Curie.
1: Well, Marie Curie-Skodowska is Marie Curie. I think she would be considered (laughs) as uh, equivalent of, okay, at the same level as Einstein, yes?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Why you would
1: rank rankings of that type, There's no,
0: I'm just, I'm reporting what I find. They called the other woman, also were called this, like, most significant woman, whatever, like. Yeah, she was, yeah. Okay, anyway, at this time... Women were not allowed to attend public institutions of higher education in Vienna until 1897, and she completes her final year of school in 1892, five years before this happens. So the only career available to her as a woman was teaching, so she trained to become a French teacher. And in 1899, so two years after women become allowed to enter higher education, she takes private lessons with two other young women trying to cram Eight years of secondary education into two. In July 1901, the girls sat an external examination and only four out of 14 of them passed, a minor. And the daughter of Boltzmann, Henriette Boltzmann, uh, who was the daughter of Ludwig, Ludwig Boltzmann, Boltzmann. Yes. was another one who passed. Mm-hmm. But apparently there were only four of them. So she is the second woman from the University of Vienna to earn a doctorate in physics. She graduates in 1905, and she's encouraged by her father's financial support. So I think her father says, I will pay for you or like support you while you go to university. So she goes to Frederick Wilhelm University where she uh, is taught by renowned physicist Max Planck. Max Planck. Now isn't there the, isn't, now I'm remembering. In, phys- in chemistry, isn't there the Planck principle? No? I'm not sure. I think okay, I'm right. Okay,
1: well, no, there's, a Planck, there's a Planck mass. There's a Planck... Oh, there's uh, Planck everything? Planck constant. The most famous thing about Planck so-called Planck constant. H. Planck constant. No, there's
0: a formula, right? Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought this would be straightforward. I didn't think... Yes, 6.626 times 10 to the negative 34. I remember that. It's a Plan constant. You yeah. the Yeah. I remember like, that from um, yeah, physics. It's a
1: constant. So it's a physical constant. But what does that a fundamental constant of nature.
0: But why does it, why is it? How do you find that out? <laughs> I don't understand.
1: Well, here we go. It like, becomes like a life, life skit, okay?
0: <laughs> no, but I should
1: there uh, You know, some numbers which are given for which uh, all physics are like speed of light. Who figured, who ordered that?
0: I don't know how they figured it out.
1: Well, I mean, it's a given. It's a given to you. It's verified. But
0: how did someone find it? Like what? How did someone decide
1: it? You are an excellent physicist, Claire. Exactly. So how, how these constants are chosen. Actually, what is very interesting, that if these constants were different, you would never be there.
0: That's scary to think about. <laughs> it's very scary
1: to think about. But these constants, they work in a very miraculous way. that uh, Because the constants are as they are, we are as we are. Okay, we can't get
0: into this anymore. <laughs>
1: but yes. the constant of nature, nobody...
0: But Max Planck is considered the father of quantum theory, and you do quantum stuff. Yeah. So what is he? He's in chemistry and physics? I'm a bit Yes, confused. exactly.
1: So that's the point. Same with Meitner she was officially i think chemist
0: because mm, okay. uh,
1: there is a, there is a really uh, at that time yeah there was a chemistry but also how to say this uh, phys- this what she figured out the physical principle was by performing some type of research which would be normally named chemistry
0: interesting
1: and the and the I can tell it. You want me to tell you now about that her f- it... main accomplishment, her main.
0: Let's talk about it later. Let me get through her. Okay. Fine. Life. But okay. just don't forget it, please.
1: I'm not. I will not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> physics. Okay. Yeah. I won't forget about so, that.
0: in 1907, she's invited to Berlin for postdoctoral study by Planck, and he, she's allowed to attend his lectures. Which is unu- an unusual gesture for him, because he's known on record as opposing woman yeah. from coming to university, mm-hmm. but he says he's willing to make an exception, and she's the exception. So she becomes friends with Planck's twins' daughters, Emma and Greta, who they all love music, apparently. And in the same year that she arrives in Berlin. The, you know, very humble, not very known Albert Einstein (laughs) is invited to the university by Max Planck. And Einstein, Paul Eridfest, and Meitner, others gather at Planck's home um, for long evenings of music and probably, they say conversation, but I imagine lots of mathematical conversation, who knows. So this arrangement to be in Berlin was difficult at first for Meitner because women were not yet admitted to universities in Prussia. So Meitner was allowed to work in the wood shop, um, but she could not set foot in the rest of the institute. So she could go to the wood shop.
1: What is a wood shop?
0: Uh, Where they, like wood whittling, wood shop. <laughs> like, okay. It's self-explanatory. So she couldn't go into the laboratory upstairs. Then she wanted to go to the toilet. She had to go to the restaurant down the street. So, you know, it's not an easy life to be a woman physicist at this time. And the following year, finally, women are admitted to Prussian universities and restrictions are lifted. Women's toilets are installed. So thankfully for her. Um, and not all chemists apparently were happy about this. Apparently people were getting mad that there are women toilets. Classic classic issues of being a woman. And the Institute of Physics was more accepting, so she became friends with physicists there. Including Otto von Beyer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: James Frank, Gustav Hertz. Hertz? Hertz. Hertz. Okay. Hertz.
1: Hertz, you know what Hertz is? Frequencies.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Robert Paul, P-O-H-L. Yeah. Max Planck and Peter Prigsham and Wilhelm West Westfall. Mm. Paul. Okay. So she works on radioactivity at Kaiser Wilhelm Institute of Chemistry. So you're right. Mm-hmm. And she she discovers the radioactive isotope protactinium 213 in 1917. She becomes an official university lecturer in 1922. Um, But the press in Berlin jokes of her inaugural speech in cosmic physics as cosmetic physics. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Poor thing. And in 1923, Meitner discovers the radiationless transition known as the Auger effect, which is named after Pierre Victor Auger, a French scientist who discovered the effect two years later. Mm-hmm. So I guess she discovers something and then a man takes the name for it, which is not surprising. We'll see that happen again with Madame Mu. Um, she led several courses in quantum physics with outstanding graduate students. Let's see if you know them. Leo Schillards and Max Delbruck. Yeah. You know them? Yeah. Okay. But then Hitler rises to power. He decreed, His decrees in April 1933 strip Jewish academics of professional positions. It explains that Einstein was out of Hitler's range in America. He was on tour. So he actively speaks out against Hitler. And the Nazis confiscate his life savings, burns his books, destroys his works on relativity and apparently there are records of Meitner recording these atrocities about what is done to Einstein's work to her colleagues but she keeps her position at Kaiser Wilhelm Institute for Chemistry even though this is all going on until 1938 when the Third Reich invades Austria so her nephew the another physicist Otto Robert Frisch discovered nuclear fission. So dangers grow, obviously, in 1938. And they forbid famous scientists to travel abroad. So they're trying to get, I guess, probably help scientists, like, get scientists to help in the war, also probably kill the Jewish scientists. And throughout the 1930s, Meitner and Hahn, which is another f- physicist she works with...
1: It's sorry.
0: Chemistry. And Hahn have been competing with a Paris team, Irene mean, Joliot curie and... Enrico Fermi from yeah. Rome and to unravel the complexity of the mysterious transoric elements, which I have no clue what that means. We have to go back to yeah, that. But unknown to Meitner, her escape route from Berlin to escape Germany and the Nazis was orchestrated by the international physics community. So people who she was previously uh-huh. working against were all secretly trying to get her out. They knew that okay. they needed to get her out. And even her closest says even her closest collaborators in Germany had no clue that she had fled when she did. So she didn't even know. And one day she's told, you're going, and she leaves. She fled to Sweden, where she lives for many years. And she ultimately becomes a Swedish citizen. And she works together with Hahn for 30 years. And they lead a section of Berlin's Kaiser Wilhelm Institute. Um, I think this is obviously before she lives. And she works with also her cousin to discover nuclear fission. So we need to go through a lot here. Have we gotten to the part that you want to talk about? Like, have we covered anything that relates to her discoveries? Or are we gonna, is what's more important what she does in Stockholm?
1: No, I, th- I, no, I think most important to, to it's very simple. Think how important it was. Okay. Okay. So you know this, you've seen this on t-shirts, equal MC square, yes?
0: Yeah, but that's Einstein.
1: Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, but Einstein, so you see, do you know what it means? Energy. Yes, equal.
0: Mass.
1: Times. <laughs> square of the speed of light. Okay, I C squared. Okay. But what does it mean? I don't
0: know. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. You know, to, uh, what is interesting to tell you, that even Einstein didn't understand properly mm. what it was. Okay? It was an equation.
0: How did he come up with it then? Did he actually come up with it?
1: like okay I'm not joking at all how <laughs> come up with it if you
0: don't understand that how did
1: you come up with
0: it anyway okay.
1: okay anyway so that was that was one of equations that that okay so now the point is that uh, <laughs> so it, it tells you that energy is equal to mass and time times c squared. okay the c squared, the speed of light squared is just like you know, mm. it's not so important. Well, it is in some way, but okay. it's a precise equation. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that energy is equivalent to mass in some way. Yes.
0: Sure.
1: All right. Good. Okay. But it is. Like I say it when I say it to you. Find it. Oh, it's nice. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, All right. Like that's okay. enough
0: for me. Yeah. All right.
1: So here we go. So I tell you what were the experiments of Hahn and Meitner, and you know what was what was the the, the, the uh, crucial point. Do a chemist and in chemistry, they were, they were doing some uh, chemical reactions involving actually some of these uh, very elements which were like newly yeah, discovered and so on was. and so on, okay? But they were trying to do traditional chemistry, okay? And now when you do chemistry, you mix stuff and then you see some
0: mm-hmm. chemical
1: reactions, yes? Yes. The basic principle of chemistry is that the mass is uh, before chemical reaction and mass after chemical reaction is the same. I'm te- telling about the basic principle of fa- of chemistry before them. Okay. Okay, so what I'm saying is that you, for example, you take a piece of uh, rubber, okay, and you burn it, yes? Yeah, it's gone. And then it's gone. No, but it's gone. But then you, if you added up the smoke, if you added up the, the ash, if you added everything okay what happened there if you add masses before this chemical reaction like even if you eat food oh, yeah. <laughs> or drink alcohol yeah oh. the chemical reaction that okay they preserve mass yeah which means that you could add balance you had the chemist you balance this chemical reaction you have yes, like yes 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 yes
0: i remember that you have to make it yeah i remember
1: that now in those reaction I don't find the sleeping about <laughs> <department>. You know <laughs> what I was I thinking?
0: You know how people are always like I feel like everyone makes the argument that whatever someone else is studying isn't necessary because you don't use it in your everyday life. So like for example people would be like, Oh, who cares about history? It already happened for me, I'm like, why does this matter? Like, I, the bed is still the bed. Like, the cider is still the side. I don't know. Like, but it's okay. Okay. Continue. Well, look,
1: no. But, but now I yeah, think that yeah. I will I will, I will will convince you that there's something <laughs> interesting about it. Okay. Because then what they essentially found, those experiment of Meitner and Hahn and uh, yes yeah. okay, is that the, there were chemical reactions in which they couldn't explain uh, that there were stuff which was... Uh, The masses didn't add up. There was less. There was a missing mass at the end.
0: Oh, so you needed to add the speed of light. No.
1: (laughs) I'm not joking. I thought. What they say? What they found Uh that there were lots of heat and radiation, which was, uh, which was uh, being uh, produced in those reactions, Uh and actually, once you figure out what is this missing mass you figure out that this mass, this missing mass will disappeared. is no longer mass but energy, ah. which went to radiation. And that's what happens And later, that I say there's a link, direct link from that to the atomic bomb, but I don't want to talk about, that's another yeah, yeah, story we'll about, the about application yeah. of that. Okay, but I'm saying that the basic, these were people, Meitner, is the person who understood okay. really that mass can disappear like that mm. and produce a huge amount of energy. It's energy which goes into heat, into electromagnetic radiation and so on and so on, X-rays, whatever.
0: Even the way that I think it's written about Meitner in some of these articles, it makes you seem like she had something to do with it, which obviously she wasn't because she well, was in hiding.
1: No, the, the the this reaction, this, this, this mm-hmm. the, 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 the radioactive uh, the process of nuclear fission is exactly the process that underlies that, you know, that is used in atomic bombs at the end in a controllable way.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it's so this comes this is published in January 1939. And it's this discovery that led other other scientists to prompt Albert Einstein to write to President Roosevelt. A warning letter, which then apparently leads to the Manhattan Project. So, can you tell me? Because I found this quotation. I'll tell you it, and then you can explain it to me. Mm -hmm. So it says, on a visit to the U.S. in 1946, she was given total American press celebrity treatment as someone who had quote left Germany with the bomb in my purse quote. And I was like, what does that mean? So, can you? What year it was?
1: Apparently 1946.
0: And 1946,
1: it is after the bomb. (laughs)
0: okay wait let me go back so basically what i found is that in 1945 she was recognized in america for her accomplishments i think in making in like understanding the science of the bomb yeah and she dined with president harry truman who at dinner for the women's press club honored meitner's accomplishments remarked so you're the little lady who got us all into this
1: <laughs> can you imagine,
0: yeah. Can you imagine also being told that you're the one who started Doesn't this whole thing? A
1: little lady?
0: First of all, the president calls you a little lady. Secondly, they accuse you of causing an atomic like a horrendous atomic bomb yeah, because, explosion. That's how you
1: look at it. After all, that that made American win uh, that made yeah. that the war. Okay. So. But it
0: says there were misleading press reports in Sweden and President Truman's misperceptions. Meitner never worked on the atomic bomb herself. No. But then it explains, on a visit to the US in 1946, she was given total American press treatment as someone who had, quote, left Germany with the bomb in my purse, quote. So I think in her biography or something, she says the people treated her like she left Germany with the bomb ready to be used. I think that's what she said.
1: She she left with her brain and with understanding of this process in which uh, you may have like a a radioactive process in which uh, you produce huge amount of energy and the bomb is exactly that some masses appears and boom everything goes into the uh, this huge blast of energy yes so this energy which is coming of, 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 of atomic bomb is coming from this mass equal mc squared and she was the one who really I think you know I'm not a historian of science, yes, but... Uh, <laughs> there are people who are. Yeah. But there are many people who are, okay. But if I understand, that was exactly her. She's credited for really, not even Han. I think there is a, if somebody's is really interested, there is a very good PBS special, mm-hmm. which is a little bit dramatic version of her sitting on a Swedish and Baltic sea and sing, e, saying equal MC square or something <laughs> like that. Okay, and yeah, as usual, yes? As usual. Well, I'm, I possibly with, in makeup.
0: <laughs> oh, anyway, no, no, I'm kidding. Yes. I know,
1: you're but kidding. I was
0: saying
1: this exactly like with 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 with, uh, with uh, little ladies. Yeah. Lady. Oh God! Yeah.
0: <laughs> Imagine you go. Also, you're invited to the president's house, and then he's like, "Oh, you're the one who started this," as if they weren't the one who said, "Okay, go bomb." I was I was gonna say, speaking of the Manhattan Project, Madame Wu works like is one of the scientists who uh, works. Yeah. On- hello hot girl historian claire here i know you're like why did it cut off basically my dad and i recorded for a while in Fraserboro, so i think i will stop it here just focus on lise meitner for today and then in the next episode of woman in serum we'll talk about madame blue and vera rubin thank you again to tomás for coming on my father in the next Episode, you'll get the ending of what I'm saying at the end. But to update you guys, <laughs> sound like a vlogger. Thank you for everyone who's followed the Instagram and followed the pod recently. I have gotten a lot of nice messages. And genuinely, Mixie, so happy that people are actually enjoying the podcast, enjoying the idea. And there's only so much more to come. Like, there is so much more. We are just getting started. So As I said before, if anyone from St. Andrews wants to come on, let me know. I have a few people lined up to come on from St. Andrews, but I would always love more. I really want to highlight the talent that we have here in town of students, of academics, working on women in queer history or anything related to that. A few updates. This is what I talk about in the next part at the end. But on Thursday this past week... Uh, Esperanto Worlds opened, yes, in the research studio of the Wardlaw Museum. So you go up the stairs when you enter the Wardlaw Museum and enter our little research studio, which it doesn't look that impressive, okay? Like for 1.5 years of work, it doesn't look like we spent a year and a half on it. But it took us a while to get that point. And having the exhibition launch and walking around with all my friends and sh- like explaining to them all this knowledge that I now have about women Esperantists, about Esperanto in Scotland, the John Beveridge family. It's great to see it all up and running. And if you're in St. Andrews and you want to see it and you want me to show you around and explain the exhibition a bit more, just DM me. And yeah, if you're in St. Andrews, please go because it would mean a lot to me and to Bernard and to Gim, who will soon be on the pod to talk about the uh, exhibition and the process of making it. Other than that, I went to, well, I presented virtually at the conference on interdisciplinary feminism hosted by the Feminist Society at the University of St Andrews this past weekend when I was literally in Fresboro on gender um and the Scottish Esperanto movement. So shout out the Feminist Society for inviting me. That was really fun. I couldn't see any of you guys in the audience because on Zoom, but thanks. Um, uh, what else? Oh, guys, big big deal. Janie Jones, shout out, um, literary princess, I think that's her username on Instagram, What a Slay, my Queen. She is coming on the pod, end of April, to discuss her new book coming out called The Edinburgh Seven. I just got a PDF of it from her to read over before I do the episode. Looks incredible. If you're anything into Scottish history, women's history, women being badasses, I would say just pre-order the book follow her on instagram okay her instagram title is janie jones literary princess so i was right also her edinburgh seven book is also looking like it's gonna become a film which is absolutely incredible absolutely incredible not absolutely credible yeah so lots going on over here there's only bigger things coming on hot girl histories so do follow and rate the pod, if you don't already, I know, I'm trying to, guys, I think today I'm gonna to try and get on Apple Podcasts, or whatever, Apple Music, I don't know, who even uses Apple Music, not me, Spotify Supremacy, so thank you for listening, I hope you enjoyed my dad, he is a character, love him so much, and yeah, I will see you next time, with a new episode, thank you again, bye hot girls. <laughs>